Wide Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. And it is time for our third-to-last men's basketball postgame show here on the Owl Chat Podcast. The Owls split their series this week. Uh, snapping their losing streak against Jacksonville and dropping a heartbreaker at home to North Florida. Um, I am joined here on the call by my producer, Mr. Nick Masseroni, my partner and co-host, John, and uh, former Al Aaron Anderson. Um, how are we doing today, fellas? Man, I can't complain. I don't want to say it's a third to last, because what if we make a run? This is true. You know, I jumped the gun on that one. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Let's see. Let's hope, hopefully it's not the third to last, but I'm doing good. You know, at least we got to win this past week. It's something to go off of. We played North Florida pretty tightly. I thought we played well. Could We had our chances to win that one if we tightened up a few things, um, you know, made a bad decision. We'll talk about at the end, um, some free throw issues, but uh, you know, we're, we're fairly close. So I'm, you know, I'm more encouraged now than I was, you know, a week ago. Absolutely. Aaron, man, it's been a few weeks since we've been on a show together. How are you? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it has been quite a while. Missed you last time I was able to join, but I'm doing well. Uh, still keeping up with the guys, um, you know, obviously watching all the games, but uh, bummed to miss you for a few weeks, but happy to be back with you guys. Absolutely. Glad to be back. So um, before we get into the first game, I'll just summarize uh, the win over Jacksonville for those who didn't watch. So, um, the first half was a defense, uh, a defensive struggle um, for the most part with the Owls leading most of the way. KSU held Jacksonville to under 20 points till about the two and a half minute mark in the first half. Uh, the Dolphins did go on a late uh, 10 to nothing run led almost entirely by Robert McRae, the fifth. Um, but KSU was able to take a 32 to 26 lead into the halftime break. Um, in the second half, Jacksonville started out the gate taking their first lead since nine to seven at 38 to 37. Um, then the game remained within four points all the way up until the final minute. Um, so both sides exchanged leads and ties throughout the second half. Um, and then after Jacksonville missed a three-pointer to tie the game with 20 seconds to go, a DeMond Robinson transition dunk and a pair of free throws from Simeon Cottle uh, gave KSU the 66-61 lead. All right, we'll start with Aaron this time. Initial thoughts, feelings, comments? Well, we, we broke that losing streak, uh, which is always nice to start through there. Um, you know, it, it's it's a win. Um, we had to get this win. We had to get the 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 bottom of the A Sun out of sight for us, at least temporarily. Um, got us back on track in front of our home fans, moving into senior night um, against North Florida. But we'll get to that later. But um, I was happy to see a win. There was a lot of opportunity still. Um, seemed a little bit like a, an early season game in terms of execution and things of that nature. But again, a lot to get into there. But I'm happy to get a win. 100%. John, I know you were there and I know your head's kind of in the baseball world right now, but uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Aaron. You know, we had to get this win. We couldn't lose seven straight. There was a lot of pressure on the guys to, you know, pull this one out. I thought we had a lot of people step up. I thought, you know, uh, Jason Holt played with good energy, uh, Ranji Gordon, Simeon Cottle, you know, off the bench. I think he played uh, well. And, um, you know, we, did this without basically without Jamel King who played one minute um, maybe if that, and then uh, Quincy Adam McCoy got banged up, you know, Terrell Burden was limping around out there. He got banged up. I think multiple occasions his back and his leg. So, you know, I'm glad we uh, got it pulled out. We shot 20 for 25, you know, from the free throw line. Uh, that's a solid 80%. So I can't complain there. Um, you know, if we shot 80% versus uh, North Florida, we win that game too. So, yeah, absolutely. Another note, RJ was out with um, a sinus infection. So, you know, another guard out of the rotation, but um, I think our depth was really tested. I mean, Adam McCoya got hurt about midway through um, and I think sat the last 10 minutes or so of the game. Uh, Terrell Burden finished the game and had 28 points um, because he's a warrior, but he was uh, just getting abused um, the entire night, basically. Um, like I said, RJ was out. Uh, Jamel King only played one minute. Um, we believe for injury related reasons, but, you know, not entirely sure because he did play two nights later. Um, and then Frank Juan got yanked kind of early into the game. Um, didn't have his best night, but he did rebound against UNF. And we'll talk about that in a second. So um, Ranji Gordon had to play big minutes off the bench. Armani Harris logged almost 10 minutes and 
Um, did a pretty good job on the defensive end. Only took one shot. Uh, thought Jason Holt stepped up huge. Um, played 35 good minutes. He was good on the glass. Um, got in some foul trouble, but uh, I thought played a really solid defense. And uh, then Demond Robinson uh, had 16 boards. And towards the end of the first half, I think he had 11 or 12. And I was uh, looking for Aaron's record um, because I thought that might have been in jeopardy for a second. 20, 23, I believe, right? 23. So I found out while searching for that that technically the school record is 27. But Ooh. Aaron has the D1 record. But, you know, they don't. we don't recognize the, the D2 history anymore because, you know, KSU. But rightly or wrongly, (laughs) (laughs) that is that is the case with the current record books. Um, But, yeah, so I was looking at that and I was like, you know what? He he's on pace here for a second. But um, then the law of averages hit. So um, it was encouraging to see us play good defense for the first time, basically, since I'll say since the Stetson game very early on, holding a conference opponent under 70 for the first time. Um, A win is a win. Uh, like you said, Aaron, we were fighting to get out of the the bottom of the A Sun, and if we had lost that game, then the the conversation about missing the conference tournament um, would have become a very real one. Um, and now it's kind of going to take some work for that to happen. So um, at least we kind of you know are solid in that. But um, a win's a win. It's hard to complain. We look better defensively, um, and it's hard to kind of hard to knock the offense when we were so banged up like we were. Uh, and these guys stepped up. They did what they had to do. Um, Frank one Sherman, even though he didn't you know, do a lot on the stat sheet, he went over some big help side defense in the final minute or so um, and really got that last solid stop. Um, I yeah. believe that was the Jacksonville game. Was it not? Did I believe. I think over? you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I think he yeah. came back in the game. He got pulled pretty early because he had a, I think he had a couple of turnovers or something. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. When he, when it counted, you know, he stepped up. Um, also, you know, ton of credit where credit's due. We've been pretty critical on Jusan Hall throughout the season, but um, we don't win that game without, uh, you know, his his play on the glass and just the quality minutes he gave us. So, yeah, two blocks, two steals, two threes, absolutely. Uh, so we, you know, we got to give him, uh, you know, credit for that. Um, and also, we took a lot less shots um, than perhaps other games. The only, you know. We we're playing at a slower pace, I believe, really trying to get better shots as opposed to just uh, jacking up threes. Um, and I think if that was the focus, you know, throughout the conference play, we probably have some more wins by now. Right. I couldn't tell if it was just me or not, but it felt like and we didn't shoot the ball very well either. I mean, you score 66 points. You're not, it, it means you're not shooting the ball great, but you're not, you know, awful. But it did feel like we slowed down possessions a lot and it gave Jacksonville far fewer possessions. And I think if we were just running gun the whole way, especially with the way McCray was playing at points in that game, then we could have easily lost this one. But um, you could feel the uh, the intensity and the desire to win. This was this was one that we could not afford to lose by any means. I mean, we, we've, we've talked about, you know, shifting our expectations and like after the Austin P and Lipscomb tripper, like, okay, um, being in the contention conversation is over, but if we had lost this game, the season would have been over, over, like yeah. it, it would be hard to watch the last couple. Yeah. It felt like two kind of bad teams and just, you know, to be honest with you or met teams and Jacksonville was just a little bit, you know, a little bit worse on that night. You know, they missed those two free throws, two in a row down the stretch, you know, when the game was kind of up in the air and, uh, you know, they just didn't want it and we took it. So, you know, credit to us. That's what we did, what we had to do, you know, four, four of 21 from three is not going to cut it, but you know, 20 of 25 from the free throw line really, you know, made up for it. And usually these are the games that we're losing on the free throw line. So uh, we did what we had to do and, you know, we'll get to, we'll talking, we'll talk about the UNF game here shortly. And uh, we did not get it done there. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm glad you brought up the free throws. Cause that was one of the few times, um, you know, since I've been around this team that that's been an area where we've kind of made the difference. in. I mean, we shot 20 of 25, uh, which is fantastic. And Jacksonville was seven of 18. So lower than 40%. Um, so that lost in the game. But like you said, we kind of got lucky that Jacksonville really isn't all that great. Um, and they had a rough shooting night themselves, but I don't think you can, discredit some of the defense we played i mean we looked we looked competent out there that's for sure yeah bar there were a few stretches where we really didn't you know mccray just got to the basket too easily i think towards the end of the first half yeah and perhaps the stretch in the second but you know other than that i think we played pretty you know yeah. solid enough to win and uh bryce workman was back uh from injury we didn't see him uh, i believe earlier in the year right 
Right. And McCray's a really good player. Um, so, you know, that it's not a ton of, you know, to take away from us. I mean, he's averaging 17 a game, but there was like, a, I think it was like a 90 second stretch where they went on that 10 0 run. Um, and other than that, uh, they looked pretty poor offensively the whole night. So I don't know if we just got sloppy or, or what, but um, yeah, that was the only point. It's also crazy that there's like four other Robert McCray's somewhere, you know, being the fifth yeah. one. Yeah. Like, Over like under. Yeah, is there over, a sick? under over under two and a half still alive? Yeah, I'll say uh, I'll say over. I'm going to be optimistic, but we need you know. I wonder if he has uh, any kids. You know, they can be uh, Robert McCray the sixth. I mean, we're going to have to. I want to keep this going now. You know, so yeah. I mean, only other example I can think of was uh, the receiver Will Fuller. Um, I think went to Notre Dame, right, Nick? Yeah, uh, he was a he was a fifth. He did. Awesome. He was no, it was Will Fuller the fourth. I thought. Maybe I thought it was the fifth, but you might be right. I know there was a V in there. I know it was further than third, but that's, that's crazy. Well, no, you know what? Um, Robert McCray, the sixth is going to have to be better at basketball because wherever we end up, you know, in 15, 20 years from now, it's going to be higher level than the A Sun. So, yeah, uh, you better start practicing, kid. <laughs> he will bring Jacksonville back to the final four. <laughs> yes, back to the golden days with like Artis Gilmore. That happened, by the way, 1970. The only team in the A zone to make a Final Four appearance. Uh, how far they have? Well, fallen. back when back when the uh, the NIT meant more than the NCAA tournament. So you know, take of that what you will. <laughs> Love Jacksonville. We're gonna, and this is probably our last time uh, playing them unless we get them in the playing game. But man, it's lots of good A Sun memories here. God, I hope we get them in the uh, the playing game. <laughs> I, I mean, if there's a team on this uh, in this conference that I would want to play, it's the only one that we're going to go two and zero against. I mean, uh, I, I won't speak too soon. We still got Stetson Queens, and um, doesn't that make you nervous? It's hard, enough team. Team. it's hard enough to beat a team twice. Now we're trying to beat them three times. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, and we're going to play them at a neutral site. We're going to play them at like um, Stetson or something. So <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. We should play them at Life. And get some chiropraction in. <laughs> Be like the uh, the lacrosse team and play an away game at Reinhardt. Yes, um, exactly. Exactly. Let's do just that. But yeah, um, that's pretty much all my thoughts on this game. You know, Terrell Burden and DeMond Robinson stepped up. Uh, really, oh, thing I didn't like is eight assists to 16 turnovers. But you know what? Every time I say, oh, great, we had 24 assists and six turnovers, we lose. So, you know, is what it is. We won. That's what counts. Well, it's back to, you know, it's like when we when we have all these possessions and we just go as fast as we possibly can, you know, we're going to have maybe not great numbers, but we're going to have um, high volume numbers every time. You know, so we're going to have a lot of points and we're going to have a lot of assists when we're putting up, yeah. um, you know, 40 shots from three a night. Exactly. A lot, of those, a lot of those assists that didn't happen also aren't showing up in the score sheet because Terrell had some really nice feeds in that game that were either fumbled and turned in turnovers or that were uh, just missed shots. So uh, I do want to give Terrell credit because he was dishing the ball, the ball pretty well that night. Yeah, right. he's dishing at a pro level, and our guys inside sometimes are not catching at that level. We're ready to receive the passes, but you're right. You know, Terrell shovels it. We just jack up a three. That's an assist, even if we go like one of five on those types of shots. That's right. still an assist. Right. Um, and less have- chance to turn it over. I'd have to check back with uh, some of Marquette's game logs, but um, I imagine that there haven't been too many four game runs um, in KSU basketball history. Like the one Terrell Burden went on Um, 33, nine, 33, then 28. I mean, just unreal. I think that's like four top 15 scoring performances in school history. Just unbelievable. Yeah. And Marquette to, to your point, Marquette is also six, six to 25. And what, what Terrell is doing is unbelievable watching him with the ball. Um, no discredit to Marquise. Love the guy, but man, what Terrell is doing is is unreal. Aaron, do you think they'll uh, hang his number up in the rafters? <clears throat> Who's that, Marquise or, or Terrell? Or TB? Terrell. Absolutely, I think I think he should be one of the first up there. Um, I mean, he's. I mean, Coach Petway has said it himself a hundred times. He is Mister Kennesaw State basketball. Um, he's brought us from basically the cellar one win up to twenty six last season, and and really, you know, fighting for another opportunity this year like he's he's single-handedly along with you know the players and the coaching staff turn this program around and he's he's the number one guy right i'm glad you brought this up because this is a conversation i had with um our social media guy tim off the air earlier today just kind of like the the terrell burden chris youngblood conversation right because if you guys haven't noticed you know 
USF is tearing it up down in Tampa right now. And Chris Youngblood's leading that team in scoring and he's just phenomenal. And I said something about Chris Youngblood being the most complete player to ever, you know, play at KSU. But I think Terrell Burden will always be held in high regard, obviously because he stayed. But I think a big factor in that is him being on the one in 2018 that Youngblood was not on. So he's seen, you know, every, every stage of success in the program um, and was there from, you know, the depths of hell really in college basketball to, to, you know, um, conference glory. So um, that's from Cobb County. Absolutely. I mean, Chris Youngblood's not from too far away either. He's a, well, he's from Alabama, but he went to high school in Georgia. But, but still being from like within the county carries a little bit more weight, even if it's, you know, I guess maybe you could say Cherokee County or surrounding County. Youngblood was from like an hour away, something like that. How far is Sharps? Youngblood was south of the city. It's East Coweta, right? He was at East Coweta. Yeah. Okay. So that's still a bit, you know, that's still yeah. a bit of a maze. So fair enough, fair enough. He's a hometown hero, sure. Yeah, Ben Pet, Petway did mention that, you know, as long as he's coached, nobody's going to wear number one. So right, right. And I uh, I was talking to some people from the department after the game, like whether or not that's actually going to happen. And um I don't think they know because there's never been a number retired in any sport, you know, across the athletic department. Um, and a lot of schools have a certain criteria to get that done. Um, and a lot of times they're more hesitant to do it in college basketball because of the number restrictions. Like for the listeners who don't know, cause it's an easy rule to just miss, you can't wear a number greater than six um, on your Jersey, either the first digit or the second digit. So you only have like 30 numbers to go around. So, you know, a school like a UNC or a Duke can't just be retiring every, <laughs> you know, every NBA grade that went to their school or they're just going to run out. So, um, it'll be interesting. I think he totally deserves it. And I think if Petway pushes it, then, um, it's probably going to happen. Um, I'm also just selfishly hoping for a, uh, a number retirement ceremony sometime next year. <laughs> I mean, even if it's not a number retirement, I think just giving him the honor of being in the rafters inside the convocation center. Um, I mean, with that number thing in mind, but I, I would love to see the number get retired personally and selfishly. Hundred <laughs> I mean, percent. I'd love to see it retired for maybe they could do like a limited retirement, you know, like uh, for you know nobody wears that for the next you know five ten years something like that at least. Um, that, that way, if they, you know, it, but you're right, it's hard because you can't give it to everyone. But luckily, we're, well, unluckily, we're not Duke or UNC, so we don't have that problem. But, you know, we get we're going to get to that problem where if everybody wants to have their number retired, they can make a case for it, that it's going to build up. And, you know, we don't want preferential treatment, that kind of sh- that kind of stuff. Right. That might be a, a long, long time down the line, though. I don't know how yeah. many, um, you know, retirement worthy jerseys we're going to have <laughs> over the next 15 to 20 years. I hope we have plenty, you know um but let's we'll retire see. one for burden two for markeith right that's three for <laughs> is that delbert was delbert number three yeah delbert was three three for delbert we could do 21 for jd Pollock. Um, <laughs> there it is and i'm on harris as well <laughs> there we go we'll just have a banner with all three of y'all's names on it you know it'll be perfect commemorate everybody who came through the program and for those who weren't at that game on uh, on the Wednesday night, the Bananas ended up bringing a flag into the arena. They had flags for all of the seniors across both days, but the only flag to debut at that game was the La Redeemer, uh, and it was Cole LaRue's face over the, the La Redeemer statue in, uh, in Brazil. It was one of the funniest things ever. They were taking pictures with it after the game. And he, the smile on Cole's face was, it was, it was really funny to watch, honestly. Yeah. No, yeah, it's I really good to see that. I put a picture really, of that on Twitter if you saw it. So Yeah. It's really good to see the love that those guys give the program. Um, and honestly, you know, we'll talk about this as we get into UNF, but it's sad to see that group of seniors go, um, you know, all, all four-year guys. Well, not Robinson, I take it back, but all program veterans, I should say um you, you know good dudes um respectable players so all who contributed at some point or another so yeah bird and harris aren't even four-year guys they're five-year guys so mm-hmm. you know you know what i learned um after the game is that harris has another year of eligibility but he's opting not to return because his really? freshman year he played less than 10 games because he got hurt so he could come back for a sixth year if he wanted to i believe larue had a fifth year but both of those guys are choosing to just you know do what most college seniors do and graduate and move on with their lives. So, yeah, I think it's time for Armani to, you know, move on and 
do his next thing. You know, with Burden leaving, you know, his yeah. class leaving, it just it's time for the next era to kind of come in and you know take their place. So I agree with them. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, a lot of that's probably not even totally their call too. It's probably like, okay, you know, coaching staff is like, okay, we got to clear up these scholarships, guys. Let's let's move it yeah. along now. But you might be like, coach, I want to walk on. You know, I want to get my like second master's degree in like, you know, <laughs> yeah, oceanography or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, second masters. But um, it is an interesting thing to watch. Um, I mean, we have four guys leaving. And we have five kids coming in. So where's that uh, Where's that other scholarship going to open up? Um, it's got to be somewhere. I, I have my hunches, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to put anybody under the bus. I I agree with you. Um, but I you see know, exactly just, just, where just, it is. Just a thing for people to keep in mind that yeah. something's got to give somewhere. But yeah. Yes. Or somebody's got to get some money like through Hope or somewhere else and just get off scholarship or somebody's got to walk on. Something's got Something's yeah. got to give. You know, somewhere. And usually these things sort themselves out, you know. Yeah. It's very rare that like everybody wants to return to a team, you know. Yeah. Even if they're doing okay, they might say, you know what, I'm not happy here. New transfer yeah. rules. The odds of everybody that can come back when wanting to come back, probably slim. Yeah. I did want to mention one thing, um, just talking about walk-ons in general. Um, it was probably a mistake, but something interesting I saw was Delaney Heard was listed as active on the scorecard for the last game. I'm guessing that was a mistake because he was on the on the bench and sweats and like new balances. So <laughs> I'm going to say that probably wasn't the case, but um, it's going to be interesting to see if he even comes back and, you know, actually becomes part of the rotation like we were told he was going to be. Because yeah. I think a lot of us just kind of forgot he was on the team. Yeah, I heard that he w- could come back, you know, within conference play. But, you know, at this point. It doesn't, it's probably, it doesn't make any sense to work him back this late no. in the season, you know? No. And I don't know if he has, you know, I don't know what his status is with red shirts and all that kind of stuff. It's probably best just to let him, you know, sit this one out anyway. Dogwood Golf Club is a truly unique hybrid golf club conveniently located near Smyrna, Vinings, and Marietta. The course is hybrid because they offer both membership and daily fee play. Owl fans, be sure to mark your calendar The Owls Collective has a golf tournament scheduled for Monday, June 10th at Dogwood Golf Club to raise money for KSU athletes. Go to owlscollective.com for more details. Dogwood is a longtime supporter of all things Kennesaw, so be sure to visit their website at dogwoodgolfclub.com. Dogwood Golf Club, an official sponsor of the Owl Chat Podcast. Let's get to that uh, North Florida game. Um... What do you got for us there on the uh, summary, Kai? Absolutely. So the uh, North Florida game was close all the way through. In the first 10 minutes of the game, you could see the uh, the change in defensive intensity carry over from the Jacksonville game, but uh, KSU wasn't exactly doing too much offensively either. Um, then the last 10 minutes of the first half were a different story, however. Uh, both teams scored 20, and UNF took a 40-37 to 37 lead into the break. Um, it was worth noting that UNF only had five attempts from inside the three-point line and only made two of them the entire first half. Um, then the second half was pretty parallel to the first with several lead changes and ties. Uh, the Ospreys did at one point have a 74 to 66 lead and looked like things kind of could be getting out of hand and KSU was just struggling to buy a bucket. Um, but then Burden and Robinson basically um, by themselves willed KSU back into it. Um, a Robinson layup gave the Owls an 81-79 lead with just 45 seconds left to play. And then on UNF's next possession, Chaz Lanier drew a foul um, on Jason Holt while hitting a layup um, and then made the plus one. So UNF led by a point with KSU having one more chance. Um, kind of a broken play on the last possession. Uh, we got lucky with, and it led to a good look from three from Simeon Cottle, whose attempt fell off the rim. Um, and then after a full court heave, after a free throw miss from DeMond Robinson, the Owls would fall by a final score of 82 to 81 um, on senior night to drop to five and eight in conference play. Uh, we'll start again with Aaron. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, overall, I think <clears throat> I think the past six, seven games we've played where we haven't necessarily looked our best, um, we've developed a few bad habits. Uh, defensively, um, this goes to the Jacksonville game as well. You can kind of speak, put them both together. For me, at least, there was a few possessions where, you know, we kind of forget who we're guarding. For the most part, the Jacksonville game, we look good. But when we're playing a team like UNF, we know exactly what they're going to do. Like, there's no reason we should be going under screens. Um, there's no reason why we shouldn't be 
you know, switching full on screens. If you see your guy is stuck on something like we, there was a few times where, I mean, I, as well as DeMond played, and I think DeMond had a, had a great game in certain possessions defensively. Like he, he was hands down, bent over at the waist uh, and, and shots are going up from beyond the arc and, and no discredit to him. He played well, 98% of the game. There's just a few different times throughout the game that I noticed some of our guys, we just, we had some bad habits defensively. Maybe we're tired. Maybe we're, we didn't feel like we had a purpose. I don't know what it was, but um, rewatching this game again this morning, it was kind of disappointing to see the lack of purpose out there. But um, offensively, when I look at offensively, like, it seems to me, and maybe you guys have something different, but our new offense is Terrell is going to make the best play he can, and we're going to get shots off him. He's going to get a high pick and roll to start the shot clock, and we're going to go from there, um, which is an amazing is an amazing option for us. But um, I just worry, you know, when when things aren't necessarily going our way, with like we mentioned earlier, we're we're dropping some passes in the paint, um, shots aren't falling from beyond the arc. We don't necessarily have an offense that we can rely on. Um, and, and that, that worries me, obviously, moving into the end of the season, into the conference tournament with any shot we may have, uh, we'll need some sort of more organization because Terrell, as great as he is, we, we can't rely on him for the entire offensive production, um, getting into the paint and things like that. But, um, you know, overall, we, we fought with a, a, a top tier uh, A-Sun member this season. Um, we, we had ourselves a chance at the end and I, I loved the shot by Simeon Cottle. I was, I was convinced it was going in, especially leaving his hand. Um, you don't, you don't draw up a better play. Well, maybe a play, but not a result with him with the ball with five seconds left than what we did open shot. But, um, yeah, a lot of thoughts on my end, but, um, you know, we, we just missed it. And, and John, I'm interested to see what you saw and what your thoughts were. Yeah, you, you said a lot of that. Uh, very well said, Aaron. Um, you know, Damon Robinson just, you know, I thought he did a, an, an amazing job for the second game in a row, you know, 11 to 14 shooting 22 points, super efficient. Um, you know, the game came down to a variety of probably, you know, what three or four things you can name on, on one hand um, that could have changed the game for the better. Um, like you have, uh, you know, you have us not, you know, making a few more free throws. We were 15 for 22, you know, Cottle, you have the shot go in, you know, if the, the key situation that we need to discuss, of course, is, um, you know, just on Holt's decision to foul. Um, that's well, not really a decision is more of a split second, probably, uh, you know, Oh shit reaction, but you got to really know the situation. I think coming in, you know, we, there's what, like 30 seconds left, something like that. Um, and then we, uh, you know, we're going to, he drives right by him instead of fouling him right away or just letting him get the layup to tie it. You know, you give up the end one. And that's like the one thing you can't have happen there. You know, don't give up an open three point shot and don't give up the end one. And that's exactly, you know, what happened. Um, did you guys, you know, I mean, the worst case scenario, if he gives up the two point shot, you have a tie game and you have us having the last shot. And it's just a different mindset, you know, when you're playing one behind versus a tie game at the mm -hmm. last shot, you know, you can play freer, a little bit less pressure, you know, yeah, that kind on, of thing. On a night where we're shooting 46% from the field too. Um, you know, it was kind of a mediocre at best night from three, um, six for 18. Um, but like offensively, we weren't doing too bad. Um, with uh, the Holt play, um, I mean, he wasn't trying to sell the game there. It was definitely a reactionary thing, but situational oh. awareness is important, you know? Um, so I, but like you said, I mean, there were like three or four things like the, the, the one that really got to me was the DeMond Robinson phantom foul when he just rejected, I think it was Lanier at the yes. rim. Yes. And it was, it was Thank so, you. it was so clearly all ball. It was a beautiful block. Um, and you know, UNF only hits one free throw, but you know, they only win the game by a point. Um, you know, so that's the difference there. Um, another thing was our free throw shooting down the stretch was poor. Um, Terrell Burden missed five shots. Um, I think he started the game rough. I think he made some later on, but, um, you know, that, that put a dent in our chances too. Um, DeMond Robinson played awesome offensively and he had some lapses, like you said, Aaron on defense earlier, but, um, some of those last possessions, he got stuck out on the perimeter. Um, and I thought did an amazing job. He had a couple of really Absolutely. good, really good possessions late in that game defensively. Um, but what I noticed is, I mean, they went to him in, in the paint all the time. I want to look at the, uh, the spray chart of his 
shot selection. But I mean, just looking at the box score, he didn't attempt one from three. Um, I don't think he had too many mid-range looks. I mean, they would just get him the ball down low on the block and it looked like watching him last year. I mean, it was beautiful. Now you can't do that against everybody. You know, UNF is going to play a smaller lineup because that's just how they play offensively. Um, but credit to Petway for making that adjustment and, you know, scheming ahead and being like, okay, we're going to get the ball to demand in the paint. And it worked. Um, he was fantastic on the glass and, um, led us in scoring when burden didn't have his best shooting night. So really picked up the slack, but, um, the fact that we lost the game wasn't super disappointing. Obviously it sucks on senior night. You want to send those guys out with a win. Um, it's, it's the way it happened. Um, like there were so many little things that could have gone our way that just didn't. And, um, when we go up 81 to 79, you know, the place was really into it. Great turnout for senior day, by the way, for a team who's, you know, ninth or eighth or ninth in conference. Um, you just felt like we had this one and, um, to lose like that was just super deflating. So it was disappointing, but it basically any other time, especially if this was on the road, I would be encouraged by this loss. Like, I mean, it was a decent showing against a top tier, uh, conference opponent. So I can't be yeah. too upset. <laughs> yeah. And I want to, I want to highlight some of the things you said on, on demand too. So, I mean, this is back-to-back games where he's playing 35 minutes plus. So yeah, there's, there's some times where I'm looking at him naturally we play the same position. So I'm looking at him and, and questioning some decisions he's making as any fan on the couch is going to do uh, defensively. But I have to remember, and so we he played 35 minutes and about standing basketball, probably one of his best all around games of the year. Um, you mentioned he didn't shoot a three. This is actually this is the third game all year. He hasn't attempted a three. Um, coincidentally enough, one of the other ones was against North Florida on the road. So there's definitely something in the, in the scouting report, or maybe it's just the mind understanding like, give me the ball where I'm best or where I can make the biggest impact. And he did. I mean, he was what, 11 for 14 from the field. Um, really a lot of that credit is to him and Terrell, like the, the broadcast was talking about how they have a natural connection, which they did. Um, a lot of his assists, uh, Terrell's eight assists went to Demon, which they work so well together. Um, and then I want to go and talk through kind of John's point there about, about uh, Juson Holt, uh, Holt's foul at the end. Like, Throughout the game, I was not tallying, but mentally tallying the amount of times that we just overhelped and and didn't realize like we're playing one of the best shooting teams and most aggressive shooting teams from three in the country where we're like way overhelping and we're getting involved in in, in leaving a shooter in, in the wing. Now, that wasn't necessarily the the, the possession to finish the game defensively. Jusson Holtz guy was kind of around the mid post area and he was kind of in no man's land. But you've got to you've got to understand time and score. You've got to understand the situation, and I think that's just a, a a small example of how we play defensively throughout the entire season. We're very instinctual. We're very competitive, one on one, like man defense or one on one, like competitive nature. But we don't necessarily have an identity defensively. Um, so when we when we let our guys make these decisions last minute and be be very instinctual, like I've said a few times now. Like we're going to have some of those slip-ups where we, we give an and one to finish the game. So um, I, I, that was a rough foul for sure. But I think just naturally how we play defense as a team, very kind of aggressive and, and going after everything we can team defense wise, that also played a part in that foul. Right. It was very on brand. Very much. So you said it. Yeah. Well, it did suck that it had to be halt because, um, you know, at this point of the season, that's why he's playing um, is for defensive help. Like he's been um, offensively pretty, pretty non-existent. Like a big night for him is like six to eight points, but uh, defensively he's been maybe our most consistent player. Um, and he didn't play, you know, poorly on defense that game. So um, to see him kind of get that light shine on him did kind of suck. And I only saw the play, you know, live once from the stands. I didn't watch the replay. Sure. Was it an egregious foul? Was it, you know, 50-50 ticky-tack bullshit foul? What was the verdict? It was definitely a foul. I, I couldn't complain, even as biased as I wanted to be on the foul call. It was a foul for sure. It was a great finish. I think it was Lanier that, that finished it. Um, and 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 again, to DeMond's credit, like he's out there one-on-one -on, -one on an island defensively he gets beat off the dribble, which is what you want in that circumstance. You do not want a, a three going up. Like you, you're going to pressure him a little bit more in that specific instance. He, he got by, he got by the and, and the reaching was there. It was definitely a foul. Um, but 
like it's it's one of those things split second as a player myself i'm sure i've made a hundred of those plays um you just hope to make them more in practice than than then late uh crunch time in the, in the game so yeah it was definitely a foul it was yeah, uh, it, it was a slap on the arm but yeah yeah and going going through his head it's kind of like okay do i want to you know give up the tying points and kind of look like you know just let him drive by me like i'm in quicksand or do i make this foul and you know hope he doesn't make it and you know put him on the line blah 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 and you know if if hope gets a hold of him good and fouls him really good we're not having this conversation you know he gets on the line shoots two two free throws mm-hmm. maybe he misses one and it's a different ball game so mm-hmm. absolutely if he doesn't make the shot that's a great foul <laughs> you know you'll yeah. take it all day but it's like it's it's a weird um you know predicament where it's like okay you don't want to give up the two but you kind of want to give up the two um, you know, you, you don't lose the game that way, but also you want to win the game on that possession. Um, so it was reactionary. It looked like he, you know, just wanted to make an effort and just wasn't there. And so all that was going to happen to fat was he was going to foul. So the only thing I think he could have done better, um, cause we probably would have knocked him for just moving out of the way, you know, if that had happened, you know, just as fans. And that's why we're frustrated is because we're fans and, you know, we're going to nitpick these little things. But, um, the only thing I can think that we would have you know, wanted to see him do better was foul him harder. So he has a tougher time hitting that layup, but yeah, harder yeah. or earlier. Yeah. He was in no man's land. He, you either go for a steal, which he's naturally is. He's good with his hands and quick and go for the steal or foul. And he was stuck in between both and he ended up getting the short end there and, and fouling. So tough spot. Yeah. And we lose by one and, you know, 15 of 22 from free throws, you know, um, they were 14 of 19, which is just a, if we were just a little bit better, you know what I mean? But um, something, you know, I wanted to point out uh, Dorian James had seven blocks. Did you guys notice that? He's a, he's a stud. He can play. Oh yeah. And he's yeah. not even that big and he had seven blocks. He's like what? Six, seven two, twenty, maybe. No, he's an athlete. He can get to the rim. He can, uh, he can act as a big for them. Um, and he can shoot too. Um, he's like 40% from three. So he can, he should be like second or third team all conference. In my opinion, I like James a lot. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to have the numbers, but, uh, I think he's worth it based on his play. Um, That's what I'd say. I, I mean, he's going to, he's going to be a little overshadowed by Lanier, especially when they aren't like first in the conference, but yeah. Yeah. Lanier could be player of the year. I mean, I haven't really kept up too much, but he might be. Yeah. Uh, you know, it depends a lot where they finish. Um, and looking at the standings, I mean, they could realistically finish anywhere between um, second in the conference and like sixth. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a log jam there. So or we'll say fifth. Uh, they're not falling behind FGCU, but we'll see how yeah. it shakes out. Yeah, and as much as we love Terrell Burden, he has no shot based on where we're going to finish. So precisely, yeah, with our record, I mean, even if we went out, I mean, it's going to be tough for him to get votes just because we'll be sitting at eight and eight. Yeah, I mean, on stats alone and impact alone, yeah. But if the impact doesn't translate to wins, then, you know, it is what it is, so. For sure, for sure. Um, part of me kind of hopes uh, yeah, we qualify for, like, the CBI or something, get a few extra games, and kind of just add to his point total. Maybe he gets up to, like, 1,800 or something. 2,000 is a, a little bit out there. He'd need to average, like, 40 over, like, 10 games or something. But, you know, who knows? Maybe yeah. he can push his way in a second. We're a long way from getting to the CBI. <laughs> We're a very long way from probably getting any kind of postseason invite. We got to really, we got to really like win I, out. I think if we, if we won the last three and then won a game or two in the conference tournament, we would get a call to one of the smaller tournaments. Cause our, I mean, our non-conference record is pretty good. Like um, unless we lose that, we'll have a 500 or if we win two of these next four that we're guaranteed to play, then we'll be above 500 for only the second time. And, school d1 history so that is worth the note people need to remember you know how bad it used to be and um <laughs> how lucky we are to complain about finishing mid-conference yeah i just wish it was the other way around where we started slow and you know we're gradually getting better yep as opposed to starting fast and gradually getting you know a little yeah. bit worse and then maybe getting just a little bit better yeah I, we talked about peaking too early um <laughs> and i think that's what this team did uh, the best basketball we were playing was those first three games of conference play. And like towards the end of non-con, you know, when we gave Indiana a game and we were beating some of those, um, you know, smaller non-conference opponents, like the, the upstates and the Presbyterians of the world. But yeah. Uh, one player I want to highlight from the UNF game was Frank Juan Sherman. 
who was back in the starting lineup after starting um, against Jacksonville. Um, and I know Nick's been on the Frank one Sherman train basically all year, but um, I think he was only two for seven from the field, but he brought down nine boards in just 19 minutes. Um, Aaron, since you're obviously the closest in build to Frank one, if anybody on this call, um, what have you seen really from day one till now with his progression? So one, he's a lot more comfortable out there. I think he's understanding who he is on this team, at least in the 2023, 2024 season. Um, he is going to be the guy who's going to fight for every rebound. Who's going to be slashing through the court uh, offensively. Um, he's, he's still a little bit undisciplined, but like, that's okay. That's not the end of the world. He, I will choose him and his effort and his fight over anybody who is the most simple, you know, disciplined player out there. Like he, he is somebody who, has a lot of potential, especially just watching, you know, his 19 minutes against UNF. You mentioned it, nine boards. I've been extremely high on RJ Johnson all season long, probably one of the, one of his biggest fans, but with what Frank Juan has been doing, um, really coming on strong to finish the season. Like he has some great momentum to solidify himself and his role next season playing 25 to 30 minutes. Like I, I really like what I see really just effort wise and understanding his role. He's not trying to do too much. And as a freshman, he's found, figured that out early and I, and I love to see it. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Kai. I was just going to say, Nick made a point in the chat and it's something I wanted to bring up, but I forgot is he's been good from the line, especially recently. Um, he's at 72%, which isn't phenomenal, but for, you know, a player of his, his play style and game, I mean, that's pretty damn good. And he was three for four and for a freshman who, you know, might have confidence or comfortability issues like that's just awesome to see. <laughs> and like Nick says on our team, that's, you know, just been historically bad at free throws. Um, so I think he's going to be uh, a really, really good player for us next year. And he needs to be, I mean, with all the production we're losing, like he's going to need to be really a starter next year. Yeah, and he brings a lot of those good effort plays, you know, getting his hands on a lot of balls, you know, 50-50 balls, that kind of thing. He really just, like, sneaks in there. Um, he he does a lot of the dirty work, you know, where he's going to have to obviously improve. He gets he gets blocked at the rim a lot, um, but that's, you know, he'll get better there. I think he just needs to get stronger in the offseason, maybe diversify his finishing ability a little bit. But he's he's well on his way to, you know, being where we need him to be. Right. Well, I like that he's at least aggressive and will try and get to the rim, you know? Oh, absolutely. Half the time when he gets blocked at the rim, he goes up and grabs the rebound. I mean, there was a play against UNF where he, um, yeah, I don't think he went over the back, but he went and got a ball that it really didn't like he should get and went to the floor with it and, uh, you know, drew a jump ball. And that was just an awesome, awesome effort play. But uh, it's been interesting to see him kind of cut into Jamel King's minutes. Um, King was hurt against Jacksonville, so we think, and then was hurt against Austin P. Um, maybe it was dinged up against Lipscomb. So we know he's been dealing with some stuff, but um, only plays five minutes and picks up five fouls. But, you know, Frank Juan's been the one starting. Um, I don't know if it's just a, a, a fit thing or Petway just thinks he's the better option right now, but um, that's something I've been watching because those are the two that are kind of fighting for the minutes at the, the three slash four because um, Holt seems pretty steady in that lineup right now. Um, so that, that other spot that's up in the air um, is between those two. I'm yeah. interested to see where that spot goes um, once, you know, RJ Johnson obviously was battling a sinus infection that was mm -hmm. bad enough to where he couldn't play on Wednesday. And I'm guessing he only played eight minutes on Friday because of that very limited time. So, you know, he could very well slide back into that starting spot uh, mm -hmm. for Adam McCoya or even Holt. We don't, we just mm -hmm. don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm okay personally with Johnson coming off the bench for the rest of the year. Um, you know, we know he's going to be in the starting lineup next year. Um, I think Adam McCoy has been a much better fit at the two than he has been at the three. Um, I think that's more of his position. And now you allow Cottle to come off the bench and have a, a less, you know, a lower volume role. And he's really embraced that well. So um, to be honest, I think the lineup adjustments have actually been really good for Petway. And we just don't seem that far away from, you know, being a winner. Um, you flip this game and the Bellarmine game and we're seven and six in conference. Like this is not a bad basketball team. Like it's not what it was last year, but it, this is far from a bad team. Um, so, yeah, we're just not making plays. It's kind of like the football, you know, the football yeah. team, you know, where you flip, you know, the Chattanooga game and, you know, could go either way. Furman make a couple more plays was, was not every football game this year decided by one possession it's something ridiculous every every single loss was one possession i think i think it was all six losses um 
but yeah, this is not yeah. a football podcast, so we we won't do well. <laughs> yeah, and just like the football, we didn't look great in either of those. But uh, Aaron, what do you got? No, I, I, you guys made a few points that I'd love to highlight. Um, I think Frank Juan, it's his spot going forward. Jamel King is is too. Um, he defensively, you you really worry about him, especially with our team's foul trouble for the the past you know two or three weeks. Um, the, the discipline's not there. And I think, uh, Frank Juan Sherman, we talked about him in the beginning of the season about his, his lack of discipline on the defensive end. He's really turned it around. He still had three fouls in less than 20 minutes, but the, the thought process is there. So I, I like him. I like him playing the minutes going forward. And then Kai, you made a point and we've talked about this a little bit today so far, like we we're we're kind of down on this season and it's, it's been, mentioned throughout the entire season especially on the on the broadcast like anybody can beat anybody in, in the conference play we've gone through a rough stretch the past month or so but what we're missing is just having that like that dog in us that fight that we really haven't had since the beginning of the conference play and if we can get that back i think Demon robinson is playing the best basketball he's played all season long RJ Johnson is coming around and, and being extremely more, more consistent, Frank Juan Sherman. And then the three wings we have with Quincy, Jusan, and, um, uh, and Jamel, like we're not a bad team. And I can see us making a run to finish off the season and then into the conference tournament. I don't think anyone wants to play us in the tournament with our experience with, with Damon and, and Terrell. And then the way we can play if we're playing aggressive, strong, like tough, uh, offense and defense. Like we're, yeah we're a good team yeah i mean like honestly good luck being the team that knocks terrell burden and demond robinson out of their collegiate careers i mean you know those guys are going to want it really badly um yeah. and i don't want to be that guy or be over optimistic but it's not impossible like the we could still technically get the sixth seed with three games to go and get a bye so there's still there's still motivation out there um you know we get hot and three maybe four games um in the conference tournament none of these teams are all that intimidating outside of you know maybe eku i mean we blew out stetson at home like i'm not that scared of anybody game to game um but i'm trying to shift my expectation or not my expectations but just the way i see this team um instead of being like the way i saw last year's team where this is so much fun we're winning all these games to uh, me just being excited about the future i mean Frank Juan's playing great. RJ's looked really good um, in his extended minutes recently. Um, you know, the recruiting class we're getting is great. And I think that this last week, even though we lost the UNF game, was just so much better than the week prior against Lipscomb and Austin P. Like, yeah. the defense has made progress. Like, it looks better. Um, that's why I'm not going to be hypercritical, you know, with the UNF game. is because, like, you know, it's, it's UNF. They put up a shit ton of points. Um, they're one of the better teams in conference. You know, I'm okay giving up 82 to them. Um, but we held Jacksonville, even though they're one of the bottom teams, to 61 points. Like, that team doesn't do that two, three weeks ago. Um, I, they didn't. They gave up, you know, 79 or whatever it was. So, um, I'm trying to be more optimistic, but in a different way and just start looking ahead towards the future and, um, just kind of reshifting focus and people got to remember that people's that uh, way is a first year head coach. And, um, there's a long way to go. Um, and we could still get to where yeah. we want to be. Yeah. And Antoine Petway, you know, needs to, at the end of this year, and I'm sure, I'm sure Abdur Rahim did it too. He needs to look at it and be like, okay, you know, this is not Alabama's level. What did we do? What works? What's not going to work? We're not going to have Terrell next year. So obviously we're going to have, we might have to get a little bit more creative, you know, unless we're going to have RJ, you know, turn into Terrell Burden and try to, you know, make that huge jump. We don't want that. We want to play some more team ball, uh, play more in his style. So we need coach Petway to kind of make that jump too, but I'm, but you're absolutely right, Kai, you know, I'm more optimistic, you know, uh, Holt messed up, but you know, Cottle didn't make that shot. Burden missed free throws. Demond had that that BS foul that I wanted to bring up earlier, but totally forgot about. But I watched it live. I didn't see the replay except on the giant board. It looked like all ball to me, um, even from the arena. And I wasn't even up close. So um, the last three games are on the road. So we're not going to get back into the convocation center. Um, so we need to become road warriors. That needs to be our mindset. Uh, you know, even in the press conference, Coach Petway said something to the effect of, you know, with Florida Gulf Coast and Stetson, we need to get down there and, and, and win a game. He didn't say we need to try to win both games or anything like that. He knows what the expectations are. 
And, you know, winning one of those two games would be a success, in my opinion. Winning the objective to the end of the season, I think, is winning one of those two and beating Queens on the road. Give us two more wins, wherever the chips may be, you know, go from there. And, you know, I would rather beat Florida Gulf Coast than Stetson. Um, Stetson, I'm okay with losing two on the road. Um, You know, they're like nine and three in conference or whatever. Florida Gulf Coast is right there with us in the standings. Um, so that could be the difference, you know, these, the Florida Gulf coast game and the Queens game could be the difference, um, of us being a seven seed versus a 10 seed. Um, those are big games for us. So, um, also, these, win those ones. also, these are teams that we, these are the ones that we all, um, beat, beat and, you know, beat, you know, drastically. I don't exactly, I don't exactly remember what happened, but, you know, I know the Florida Gulf coast loss was a devastating way for them. Uh, Stetson, we destroyed them. And then we had Queens. I, I, you know, Aaron was there. I think that was just a, I don't remember much about it, but I think it was just a good win at the end. It was, um, it was tight, but I think we won. I can pull up the score yeah. right now. Uh, we won 80 to 77. So yeah. held them, held them under 80, which is rare. And, you know, won Aaron, the game. Yeah. Aaron, what does it take to beat a team twice, you know, in conference? Is it, is it any different? Whereas if, you know, Florida Gulf Coast or Stetson or Queens beat us the first time and then we play them, or is it, you know, what's, What's the mentality here? It's just more preparation, twice as much as what we've done the first time. So we have to expect they're not going to do the same things offensively, excuse me, defensively that they did the first time they played us. So whether they, I don't remember exactly what happened, but whether they switched on on high ball screens with Terrell or, or one under, whatever the case may be, expect maybe a double team or expect maybe help side um, coming up higher on, on the screen on demand to not let them get to the paint. Whatever the whatever case may be, you have to prepare for a lot of different scenarios, just knowing they're going to make some changes. They may play a lot more zone and we have to prepare for that. And then we have to make changes defensively as well. So just know that we have to be prepared for different things that they're going to throw at us. Um, it's and now that we're playing, well, the UNF game or excuse me, the Jacksonville game, we played a little bit slower. Um, you know, we we've also been doing a few things differently offensively. So um it's just going to be it's just going to be a different uh more preparation i don't think it's going to change anything for the guys they just have to be more disciplined and more uh you know aware of of you know time and, and who we're playing things like that yeah for sure um i think the goal like you said john is uh and petway you know didn't say but said is you know go split this series down in florida and then um that sets up probably a tiebreaker game against queens and charlotte um and you know, winning on the road anywhere in college basketball is not easy, but that's not a very intimidating environment, especially with a Queens team that isn't great. Um, so that's going to be a big one for us. Yeah, Florida Gulf Coast, you know, they are they always have some high caliber athlete types. So none of these games are going to be easy. None of them, nothing that we're doing right now, the way we're playing is going to be easy. Even, even last year when we were doing it well and winning 15 games, we were in some dog fights uh, for some of these, so can't take anything for granted. Uh, but, you know, if if we can just get to that six seed, that would be amazing. But, you know, right now, the way some of these teams are playing, like Austin P, I don't think that's, you know, too realistic. So, sure. you know, it, I would just like to... Uh, so Austin P's on fire right now. I'm glad you pointed that out. The only way to the six seed would be jumping North Alabama if they lost out and we won out. If they lost, but we do we own the tiebreaker? We don't. We wouldn't have to. If they lost out, they only have seven conference wins right now. We would have eight and they would have seven. And they play they play EKU, Bellarmine, and Central Arkansas all on the road. So the it's gonna be hard for them to drop one of those games on the road, but or one of the Bellarmine and Central Arkansas games. But I mean it's still technically possible. So we gotta look at it like that. Yeah. And combine that with us having to win all three. I mean, that's it's not happening. Right now, the play-in, you know, I think should be the goal. And I think the way that works is you know, the seven plays the 10 yep. and I guess the winner of that goes to, was it the one or the two seed or something like goes, that? Goes to the two. I don't believe there's a reseeding because they play it at the two the seed or the one seed site. So like FGCU and Queens played at our place. Um, uh, but they might've been nine and 10. It might be nine and 10 plays number one and seven and eight plays number two, um, which makes a big difference because, I would much rather play Stetson than EKU yeah. in that first round and also end up on the opposite side of the bracket <laughs> from yeah. EKU. Yeah, this is this is where, you know, wh- who who are we possibly playing? I guess DeLand and uh, Richmond, Kentucky 
are the most uh, likely destinations. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of where yep. we would travel to if we were going to, you know, make a trip. Yeah. Uh, I mean, UNF, Austin P and Lipscomb are still um, technically able to get the two seed, but that would be tough for them to make up two games on Stetson with three games to go. Um, but likely it's either DeLand or uh, Eastern Kentucky, um, which I would much rather play in DeLand because number one, uh, that fan base is not nearly the same as EKU's. I mean, no discredit to Stetson, um, but EKU is a tough place to play um, and they're really good. But look, I mean, you're telling me it's the craziest thing. We beat like an FGCU and then we end up against Stetson who we've beaten by 20 earlier this year. You know, we pull that upset and all of a sudden we're in a semifinal and we're having very different conversations, you know, not to get ahead of myself, but like there's still reason to be invested. Yeah, and producer Nick just let us know that the 7-8 seed plays the 2, and the 9-10 to 10 plays the 1, and I'd like to hope that we get the 7-8, and eight and thinking that maybe we'll get to DeLand. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to make the trip. I'm sort of prioritizing the coverage here on the Owl Chat podcast for baseball, so depends on what day it is and how to pull that off, but it would be very busy for me if I, you know, but I know Kai might make the trip. I don't blame you, John. I think the Queens game is going to be my last game of the year. Um, Florida's a tough trip, unless like Austin P somehow jumped Stetson and I could go back up to Clarksville or Lipscomb did the same. I go up to Nashville, but um, that's a tra- that's a that's a trek down to the land. I I don't blame you for not making that, but I mean, hey, Florida Gulf Coast is in seventh right now, and we're in eighth, and we play them next. So uh, huge game, <laughs> huge huge game. Yeah, um, I, I I don't think we need to you know spend too much time previewing those teams since. Um, you know, we, we know kind of what to expect, but uh, I guess we'll do player of the weekend, right, Kai? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go. It's tough to choose between Burden and Robinson. I think I, I got to go with Robinson um, for the rebounding game he had against Jacksonville and then just the, the like, 22-12 and 12 game he had against UNF um, consistently um, over the week. I thought he was the best one out there. So that's who I'm going with. I am also going with Damon Robinson, um, you know, what 28 rebounds you know good scoring in the second game i mean that, that was a pretty easy choice especially you know i'm kind of biased against Terrell in this because we give it to him you know every week he deserves it so it's like all right let's give it to someone else uh who's your player of the game Aaron? your player of the yeah week? i wish i wish one of you guys would have picked terrell because i i'm going to mon as well terrell he he leads our offense he is the heartbeat of our offense and that that deserves a lot of recognition which we we give him but when when Demond puts up you know back to back games with thirty five plus minutes, twenty eight rebounds, twenty twenty excuse me twenty two and twelve game against UNF like like this guy um, he's he's been a pleasure to watch and he's a stud he's he's my player of the week. All right, and shout out to uh, Armani Harris who you know we've kind of just been joking about being like a halfway rotational player for us, but he he stepped up and he played some um, important minutes for us in conference. I mean he played almost ten against Jacksonville. Um, yeah, like he he played a role in that game. So um, it's been good to keep him around. He's added some depth that we've really needed um, and he hasn't disappointed. Yeah, he's a good dude. I mean, it's hard know, not to cheer for him. He's, a, he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, good energy, that kind of thing. You know, not the most, you know, skilled player, of course, anything like that. Um, but, you know, like you said, I mean, he's a, he's six, six, a decent athlete, um, you know, he helps us out in a pinch when we need it. You can tell that there's a reason he's on scholarship. Like it doesn't look like you're watching a walk on out there. Like he yeah. looks, he looks able. Yes, def- definitely, definitely. And it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's still kind of sad, you know, that it's senior day, all that kind of stuff. We liked, you know, I loved watching these guys over the last four or five years. Um, it's, mm. it's bittersweet. And it's also bittersweet, you know, seeing, you know, playing these teams for the last time as well, you know, going to our last trip around the A Sun is really, you know, concluding we're going to get Queens who doesn't have a deep history there, but we have, uh, you know, Florida Gulf coast and Stetson are a couple teams that have been in the league since pretty much, uh, you know, since we've joined basically, and, uh, you know, whoever we play in the tournament, uh, possibility of that as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's sad to see this group grow. It, I mean, group go, um, it feels like the end of an era and I haven't been along or around as long as you have John. Um, but you know, this, this was my group. So, um it's it's sad but it's also it's also kind of cool to look forward to a new era and it feels like we're kind of putting all of that amir stuff as as great and as special as it was kind of behind us and really moving into this new era of ksu basketball and who knows what it holds so yeah and at this level man it's it's, that's the name of the game you know you do good your your next coach is probably going to get hired 
Yeah. Um, if, if you hire a flashy guy like an Amir or a Petway, you know, you risk losing him. If you kind of hire somebody that's not as flashy, maybe that just wins, uh, perhaps you have a lesser chance of losing him. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, like a guy like, you know, Indiana State hired Josh Schertz. We'll have to, you know, they got ranked for like the first time or whatnot or something like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll have to see how it goes. But if Petway, you know, Petway does the Amir path and brings in his guys and, everybody works out then you know we'll be have hopefully we'll have the same discussion again in a couple years yeah or you you know you find a a situation like uh vermont's head coach who's been there for you know 10 plus years now um and you know they go to the tournament every other year just about um you know he's at like a 300 wins just at that school and has no intentions of leaving so you kind of got to get lucky um and who knows maybe maybe petway is a guy like that like we don't we don't know that we can't make that call um you also can't blame the guy for taking a pay raise when he has a family um by any means but yeah um yeah like at florida gulf coast women's women's coach i'm sure he could get paid whatever he wants anywhere else i mean i i would imagine right um yeah or you know bob hoffman was at mercer forever you know you could find good coaches that stick around forever just you know they might not be the you know, the most flashy guy, or you luck out and they just, they're just so happy, you know, Hey, I can live on, you know, 400,000 a year, 500,000 a year. I don't need to make, you know, like a million. Yeah. The thing with some of those guys is like, you almost feel like sometimes they're, they're okay with taking a year off and kind of just going lighter on recruiting or something and uh, just kind of keeping their job. But um, I was going to say before I forgot that I was going to say it, like a few podcasts ago, I said that, Petway inheriting the situation was kind of like a blessing and a curse because um, the good thing is, you know, he keeps all of this talent. He keeps Burden and Robinson, who are two all-conference type players. So that makes his job way easier. But also he comes in after the greatest year in school history and has all of these expectations and all of these new fans who are expecting a, a winning product, you know, and um, that kind of interrupts his process and his his building. Um, so it's I, I, any, like I've said over and over again, any harsh judgment I have is being totally reserved till, you know, these are all his guys and we're two, three years in. Yeah. And the crowd was not where it needed to be on Valentine's day, but, you know, I think that was a Valentine's day thing, but it was back much better on, uh, on Friday. I mean, can you blame them? It's, it's Valentine's day for a team who's lost six in a row playing, uh, the second worst team in the conference. Like, I, I couldn't fault the fans. Um, I guess sh- if you love your wife, don't make her see a team on a six-game losing streak. So. <laughs> a bit of a, a, a side point. I don't know if you saw this, John, but Detroit Mercy, who was 0-26 until a week ago, had like a Valentine's Day special, um, <laughs> like a couple's night event at their game. <laughs> and all of the replies were like, just imagine taking your significant other to go see 0 and 26 Detroit mercy on Valentine's day. Like, <laughs> I did not much, see that. How much more romantic can it get? It was like a buy one, get one ticket free. I thought they won a game. I thought they beat IUPUI. They won that game. They won the Valentine's day. game. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, one fan rushed the court. <laughs> there's a video of it out there one fan ran onto the court and the security and he, did nothing they let it happen i saw that and he didn't even have a game or her <laughs> it was yeah. one guy just throwing his hands up in the air i thought that was awesome i would have rushed the court that, i was gonna say that's john that would have been john 10 years ago rushing the court <laughs> with his you know brown paper bag over his face <laughs> aaron did you play in a john paper bag game i did i think um yeah i think a few games um he was one of our like 800 fans there um you can hear him all all game long we we appreciated well i I appreciated him he didn't say much to me or maybe i tuned him out who knows i still do that to this day so who knows (laughs) i don't think i yelled as much back then was there was there anything said amongst the teammates about that i gotta know um he wasn't the most liked fan like i just i mean (laughs) nothing against john it was just like he he like he would say it himself. He had no shame. He would go out there. He, uh, I, I mean, you guys know, I, all of our listeners know, just listening to him all, all year long in the past couple of years. I mean, um, hey, every, everybody that goes to the games can hear him. Yeah. Yeah. And he makes it a point. What do you say, John? You're like, Oh, look for me. I'll be here. I'll be saying this to this guy. Like, you make it a point and you, you like that. So I do. I, I made it a point to introduce myself to the, uh, referees, I think before Wednesday's game and uh, Kai and Nick both heard me. As we were standing there having a conversation, John's yelling down at the officials from 20 rows back. <laughs> John, I uh, I wasn't sure if you were going to be there on Friday night. 
And then I heard you from directly behind me and I looked up and I was like, oh, that's definitely John. And then my, my girlfriend who was sitting on the opposite side of the arena was able to spot you. I was like, yep. Yeah, that guy stands out. <laughs> yeah. I, I stood not, not for, not for appearance reasons, just cause you look more into it than anybody there. Oh yeah. I stood almost the whole game. I think it was, I can't, I don't remember if it was Wednesday or Friday, but I made it a point to stand up and, you know, I yelled at two of the officials. The best thing is to do is you find out their names right before tip. I found this really quiet moment and I called them just by their full names, like Byron Evans and Donald, whatever. And they both turned around, like thinking like I knew them or something from like high school or college or something like, how about some, and I scream, how about some home cooking? And I like do the little stir the pot uh, (laughs) motion. And then they, Byron laughed and Donald tried to ignore me, I think. And then I found. And then I turned to Kai and said, that's your (laughs) co-host. Too much. I think we were standing on the court when that was happening, but yeah. what's funny is like when I'm down there where I sit and I can hear you, I know they can hear you. <laughs> that's the thing. So oh, that's great. You can tell me how the acoustics go, Kai. And then I, <laughs> I made sure to get the third referee. His name was like Brian Christian or something. He was past, he was literally past midcourt. And I screamed, Brian Christian. He turns around. I say, can we get some home cooking, brother? And do the stir the pot thing again on him just to make sure I got all three refs on the home cooking. Yeah. Um, and then he just, he didn't even play along. He just turned around right away and like ignored me. <laughs> we're, uh, we're getting a little off topic here, but John, I have the perfect sport for you. You got to get really into uh, minor league hockey. I think you would have a blast at some of those games. That, that is the place to go and yell at opponents and referees. Oh, I thought you were it, is, say, like- it is encouraged. I thought you were going to say like eight and eight or nine rec softball at the YMCA or something. Don't do that, please. Yeah, do that's that. not for, as encouraged for your own yeah. good. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the guidance. Aaron, and the father, that. really jumped in on that one. Yeah, <laughs> as, as the coach of my nine-year-old daughter, we we don't need that. But but I appreciate what you've done for Kennesaw State Athletics. That is for sure. But there was um, an episode before. of Impractical Jokers. If you've ever seen that show, where he- have I ever? Yeah. The pun- the, did you see the punishment where uh, Q has to yell at a Key, softball game? Keyword punishment. That's... Punishment. <laughs> and that might have been the worst punishment of the entire series. That was pretty bad. Yes, guys, check it out if you haven't seen it. Impractical Jokers, Quint, Brian Quinn yelling at the softball yeah. game. It's really funny. But anyways, we're getting off topic here. Uh, Kyle, let's wrap this baby up. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's all I got. Um, Aaron, you have anything else to add about basketball before I close this out? Um, no, no. I'm looking forward to the to the the finale of the season. We're playing bad now. We're playing poorly now, but there's still plenty of time. AKA three games left to to get it turned around. So I'm I'm hopeful. Absolutely. I'm just gonna have you know try and have some fun with these last three games. Trying to enjoy it while it's still here because uh, it's gonna be a long off season. So. Um, yeah thank you everybody for listening again we've got a few basketball shows still left to come this season um, but we're going to start shifting over to more baseball stuff so everybody stay tuned for that thank you for listening to the owl chat podcast as a reminder you can follow our hosts on twitter x at kymalette and at ksu owl howl make sure you're following our show account at owl chat podcast and have notifications turned on so you're up to date on all new ocp episodes Be sure to check out Kai's publication at BigOwlBlog.com and John's KSU message boards at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until we return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, Go Owls!